Good morning to all of our live streamers. We're glad you're with us. Uh, just a, a quick announcement before I get started here. Um, we, we've heard uh, several of you have said things to me about Sunday evenings. Um, if you're new, what we used to do uh, before all this stuff happened was we, we did a, a Bible study type thing over in our fellowship hall. Uh, we, we actually had great success with it. Lots of people came, and I believe we, we grew. I believe that God prepared us even. He is preparing us. Anytime you dive deep into the Word, you're going to come out a stronger Christian, a, a Christian with a strengthened faith. Uh, and that's what we want to do again. Um, a few of us are going to meet after the service this morning. Um, it's, it's just not as easy. I wanted to explain this to you. It's just not as easy as flipping a switch and starting it up again because there are more things involved. Um, but one thing that we do have a little need for, and I, I know we're very redundant, we always seem to be uh, making this announcement, but we do have uh, lots of children in this church, which is a tremendous blessing. We love that. We want to see that. Uh, New Hope seems to be a, I don't know, a fertile church or something like that. There's lots of babies born. All There's always someone pregnant in this church. Uh, which is a good thing, but uh, for our Sunday nights, which we're going to meet this afternoon and discuss some things, um, but we do have a need for some child care, um, so if you are willing at all, uh, please see either my wife, Shannon, or Diana Bruning, uh, most of you know those two, because um, w- what happens is, uh, and, and I'm not trying to guilt trip anyone, but what happens is a lot of times is either my wife or Diana, or or there's just kind of a few select people that end up doing it all the time. Um, So if you could find it in your heart, maybe talk with one of those two so that we can get our Sunday nights back up and going again. Um, So, okay, well, I'll I'll quit with those announcements. We'll get to the Word of God. So that is some good news, though. We we are going to make some plans, and we'll get some Sunday evening Bible studies started back up again. Everyone's invited. Love to see you show up. actually kind of have some plans already for some content of what we're going to do, and I believe it's going to be fantastic. Uh, anytime you dig into the Word of God, it's going to be fantastic. Anytime. So, all right, is everyone awake this morning? Good. Is there? Okay, because I came to preach. I'm not going to tone it back if you're tired or something like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, there, there's, there's a whole lot of things that we have to realize about this thing that we call church. Okay, the, the, the church has a tremendous function in society. The church plays a huge role in our society that I'm not sure all of us completely are aware of or, or completely can grasp. Um, so, so let's start out with this, okay? We, we know that Satan hates God, right? Satan hates God. Satan hates God's kingdom. Satan hates everything to do with God. So we're going to start with this scripture. Now, we're not going to focus on this selection of scripture, but I want to just set a foundation uh, for Satan hating God, okay? Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 says this. It's talking about Satan now, Lucifer. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, talking about Lucifer now, thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. 
I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Lucifer, Satan, our enemy, our adversary, tried to be equal with or above God. He, he said, I will be like the Most High. He said, I'm going to be like God. He even says, I'll uh, exalt my throne above the stars of God. He says, I'll be more than God. And God cast him out of heaven, and any of his followers casted him out. So what that means is, Satan tried to overthrow God and failed. And in the end, we know that he ultimately fails. We know that his ultimate destination is the lake of fire. Satan, however, is still trying to overthrow God, even now. So because of that, some of Satan's hatred, much of Satan's hatred, is directed towards the church. Who's the church? It's the people of God. Some of his hatred is directed towards the people of God. And recently, especially in America, it's been going on for a long time, even outside of America, but recently in America, we see the enemy's attempts at attacking the church. We see him attacking. Now listen, this is a quick example. You know, I, I like to Google things and research things. I like to look at numbers. Uh, there's a really good research organization called Barna. Uh, if you ever looked at some of Barna's website stuff, they, they do some really neat research with churches, Christianity, religion. Um, so I, I tried to look at some things, and this is what I Googled. I kid you not, you can reproduce this if you'd like to on your own so you can believe me. But I Googled, because I wanted to know this, how many churches have closed because of coronavirus? I, I Googled that because I know there's a tremendous amount of churches that closed and will never reopen. I know there's a lot of churches that are closed and may reopen. I just kind of wanted to know that. So the exact words that I Googled were how many churches have closed because of coronavirus. The very first hit that came up, the very first one, was an article from the New York Times blaming churches for massive outbreaks of COVID-19. Did you see this is just a little attack from the enemy? That's what I see it as. It's an attack from the enemy uh, to, to accuse the church. Um, and, and here's what, this is funny, but we've been having church for several months now. After we closed for a little while, maybe, maybe three months, we aren't seeing any outbreaks. We're not seeing it. There's, there's, no one's come to us and said, Pastor Joe, we're all sick. We're we are, we are not seeing it. You can argue data, statistics, numbers. You can say the experts say this and experts say that. Here's what we see here at this ministry. Now, we're not a huge church, but I follow some huge churches. I, I love a lot of the churches in California right now because there's a lot of them under attack, and these men are standing. They're making a tremendous stand for God. So I follow them, and, and I listen to them, and, and I want to make a quick note. I do not get my information from Facebook. I do not get my news from Instagram. I, I do not get my news from... If you get your news from those sources, be very careful, brothers and sisters. Be very careful. But these churches in California are under attack, and they have congregations with thousands of people, and they are saying the same thing that we are saying. We are not seeing these massive outbreaks. They have thousands and thousands of congregational members, thousands of them, and they're saying we, we're not seeing these massive outbreaks. We're just not seeing it. Um, and they have thousands. 
a couple more hits right after that. Now remember, I, I didn't Google this. I Googled how many are closed because of coronavirus. A couple more after that was from the USA Today, blaming churches as being these massive spreaders of this terrible virus, blaming them. Uh, to me, this is a, an attack from the enemy to make churches look bad. It's an attack from the enemy to vilify the church, to make us look like bad people, that if we gather to practice our faith, you are bad people. It's an attack from the enemy to make pastors and churchgoers look like evil people, to make singing look like an evil practice, to make being around other believers it is bad, it is not good, you shouldn't be doing that. To me, all that stuff, it's an attack on the church. It's the enemy's attack on the church. Listen, there's a church called North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. They're being fined up over $50,000, and it compounds daily. They're fining them because all they're doing is coming together and having church. They're following all the rules. They've even tried to submit rules to their local governing body, and they reject what they're trying to submit to them. They're just handing out these fines. Now listen, the, the American church has went on relatively peacefully and relatively without persecution for 230-some years since the signing of our Constitution. We, we have lived pretty much persecution-free uh, since our Constitution was ratified, protecting religious liberty. Uh, so it's no surprise to me to see the enemy finally saying, eh, that's enough, that's enough from the church, I'm going after them, I'm going to erode away that religious freedom, I'm going to get rid of that. So it, it doesn't surprise me that the enemy is at least changing his tactics on the church here in America. So today, listen closely now, I, I want to look at what the church is and what, our, what the church's role is in society. Okay, first of all, I am not the church, I am a part of it. You are not the church, you are a part of it. Okay, the, the church is the worldwide community of believers. Worldwide, universal believers all over the world makes up the church. That's what the church is, okay? New Hope, listen, is not the only church. We're not the only church. No, no, we, we are a small sample of the overall total population of the community of believers. We're just a little slice of it. We're just a little tiny piece of the pie of the overall makeup of the worldwide church, of the global church. We have brothers and sisters all over the world. You might hear me say that term a lot. I like to say brothers and sisters. When I, when I worked in factories, I used to call the people that I work with, brother, they would call me brother, sister, sister, you know, because in a sense, you're kind of become a family in a place, and that's what we are. I, I say that all the time, brothers and sisters, we are a family, but we're a global family, a global family. We have brothers and sisters in Africa, all throughout Asia, all over the world. In South America, we have brothers and sisters. Some of them are persecuted tremendously, but they're still our brothers and our sisters. The, listen, those are our part of our family that's being attacked in California. Th those churches that are being attacked, they're our family too. They're part of the global church. They're part of us. We have to understand that. We, we can't be so narrow-sighted to think that New Hope is the only church. It's not. We're just a small part of it. We're a small part of the community of believers all across the world. <clears throat> now listen, the foundation in the head 
of the church is Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. He's the head. He is the in charge of it. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 23 says, For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Ephesians goes on to say that the church is subject to Christ. Do you know what this means? It means that our first established fact about the church is that Jesus Christ is the boss. He is the boss of church. We, we answer to him. I answer to him. You might look and say, well, the, the pastor's in charge. No, I am not in charge. He is in charge. I follow him. I pray to him. I ask him what should we do, what direction should we go. Why? Because he's the head. He's the head. He's in charge of the church. Jesus is the boss of the worldwide community of believers, of the universal worldwide community of believers. That's our first established fact for the church. Now, there is a commonly misunderstood scripture found in Matthew chapter 16. I'd like to go there. And we have to understand this when we're trying to perceive what the church is. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, we'll start. Brothers and sisters, I, I love church. I love being around you people. I, I love this. I love what we do. I love it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 says, When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now, I want you to visualize this. He's, he's coming back, and he has his disciples. Remember those disciples? He has them around him. And Jesus is asking them, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So then Jesus turns it on to his disciples and says, But whom say ye that I am? Meaning, who do you guys say that I am? Listen, and Simon Peter answered and said, Listen to this. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now we're going to go to verse 18, but here's the confusing part that I believe many people get confused, and many people have been confused by this. But verse 18 in Matthew 16 says, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Many people that think that that part there that says thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, many people believe that that means that Peter or his descendants or something like that, that that is the foundation of the church, that that's the bedrock of the church, but they couldn't be any more wrong. That is not right. Peter is not the rock of the church. The church is not founded on Peter. That is not correct. When the Lord says, upon this rock I will build my church, he means that the foundational rock, that the revelation that Peter said, that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, that is the foundation. That's the rock that the church is is built on not Peter Peter was just a disciple the fed the the bedrock of the church is the revelation that Jesus is the Lord that he is the promised Messiah he's the one the prophets were telling us the Old Testament was telling us about Jesus is referring to the statement that Peter made that Jesus is the rock of the church listen Jesus is saying when he says that uh, that thou art Peter he's saying you're right Peter you're right. 
When Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Peter hits the nail right on the head. He got it perfectly right. He got the answer correct when he said that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus is saying, you're right, Peter. That's the rock that I'm going to build my church on. That's the foundation of the church. That's the basis of the church. That's the whole point of why we're here this morning. That Jesus is the son of the living God. And it hasn't been revealed to us by flesh and blood. It's been revealed by Father, our Father in heaven. He has revealed it in my heart. I know that Jesus is the Lord. He is the Christ. He is the promised Messiah. My Father in heaven has revealed that to us, that Jesus is the promised Messiah. Brothers and sisters, that, that statement, that thou art Christ, the Son of the living God, that is the charter for the New Testament church. That's our charter statement to the New Testament church. You see, you see tabernacles and synagogues up until that point, they taught the law. They taught the Torah. If you remember last week, I mentioned the Torah a little bit. The laws, they taught the prophets. That's what they taught up until that point. But when Jesus asked his disciples that, and Jesus says, it's on this rock that I'll build my church, he sets a new charter for the church, for the New Testament church. See, up until then, it was the prophets, it was the laws, it was the Ten Commandments. But when Christ was revealed to us, he said, here is a new charter. Here's what I'm going to build the church on from here on out, that Jesus Christ is the revealed Messiah to us. Jesus set a new course for the church. And the new course for the New Testament church, remember, what is the church? The worldwide community of believers is that Jesus is the Son of the living God. Jesus is the promised Messiah. Brothers and sisters, listen to me now. When we gather as a church, tremendous things occur. Some that we may realize, and I think many things that we don't realize. I'd like to run few a few of these things, okay? At church, listen, we worship the Lord together. We just finished worshiping. Many times these are referred to as a house of worship. We worship together. You know what that does? It, it knits us together. It, when we worship, we, we are acknowledging that Jesus is head of the church. That, that's what worship is. It's, it's submitting. It's saying, you are greater than I. I. You are worthy to be worshipped. You are worthy to be praised. Listen, worship is honor and reverence to the great God of the Bible. And that's what we do when we worship. It binds us together and it acknowledges the statement that Peter made long ago. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what worship is. And that's what we do. And we don't even realize that we're doing it, but that's what we're doing. We're saying that statement is still true thousands of years later. It's our version of Peter's statement that thou art the Christ. It's confirmed in our hearts. Listen, when, when we gather together as a church, we pray. We pray for one another. We preach and we teach about the Word. We teach our children. We teach our teenagers about the words of God, about the precepts of God, about your statutes, about His commands, about the Lord Jesus, about the apostles, the disciples, the New Testament, the Old Testament. And this, this does something in us. It does something in us. When we, when we do this, when we take part of it, when we subject ourselves to preaching, when we subject ourselves into the house of worship, it produces something in us. Many times we, we don't even see it, we don't realize it, but it produces something. Listen, 
Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. A very simple statement that means when you hear authentic biblical preaching, then it produces faith into us. What it does is you, you walk into church, and, and if that, that church is a good church, all this goes without saying that we have to be a good church. We have to be a church that preaches the word of God. But, but what this statement says, faith comes by hearing and hear by the word of God, is if you come in and, and that preacher is preaching from the word of God, solid word of God, and that preacher preaches from the word, then it means that your faith will grow. That you will walk out and you will be just a little bit, you might not see it, you might not even realize it, but you come and you subject yourself to that and it grows your faith. It increases your faith. It increases it. And you grow. When we hear those reminders, that's what, that's what preaching is. It's, it's reminders, things that are in the word of God. Hey, remember this. Hey, look to this. Hey, here's a warning. And then, listen to me, then we take this faith that grew in church and we implement it out in society when we leave church. We implement it in our families. We implement the Word of God around our work atmospheres. When we're at the grocery stores, we implement this faith. We live it out. Listen, it, it is at the church that we teach it's wrong to murder. So then when you go out in society, you know it is not good to murder. It is the church that teaches it's wrong to steal. The church that teaches it's wrong to commit adultery. The church that teaches people should have humility. It is the church that teaches family structure. It is the church that teaches thankfulness. You should be a thankful person. It is the church that teaches you should have more, there should be some morality to your behavior. The church teaches ethics. The church teaches these things. It goes into the hearers to all of us, and then we go out and implement it in society. The church teaches all those things. You know, all those things that the church promotes, what they do is they undergird our society. We, we have a hard time seeing that, but that's what holds our society up from us going out and, and murdering and killing and stealing we get these teachings from, they happen in the church, and then we go out and we conduct ourselves in a godly manner because of the teachings that comes out of the New Testament church. It holds our society up. It undergirds our society. All those things have historically been woven into our society by the churches that we have, and it made us one of the most prosperous nations in the world. Listen, the church propagates the principles of the word of God. The, the church teaches that the individual is made in the image of God. The church teaches that there's sanctity to life. The church teaches that a human being is valuable. The church teaches those things. The church teaches that there's purpose to life. The church teaches personal accountability to your actions, to your decisions. The church teaches those things. It soaks into us. And remember, we're just a little tiny slice of it. Just a little slice of it. And then all the hearers, all of us churchgoers, all of us believers, we go out into society and we implement these things and it makes our society a better place. If you remove the church from society, who will teach those things? Who will preach those things? 
If you remove the church from society, you will have chaos, lawlessness, and all manner of ungodliness. You will have a nothing more than do what thou will shall be the whole of the law. Do what you want to do. Do what feels good. But the church teaches otherwise. Listen, the function, these are the functions of the church to teach these things so that we can have a society that functions and is led by Christ. We implement this into our society. Listen, even the most basic rule of civility, the golden rule, where we about all of us were taught the golden rule when we were little kids, it comes from the Bible. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Those are basic rules to basic civility. Do you know where that comes from? Jesus. He's the one that says it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. He says, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do even so unto them. For this is the law and the prophets. Do you understand? This is the thing that your church propagates. We propagate the golden rule. Live by the golden rule. And then we go and implement it into society. And this is what I'm saying. That is what the church's function is. Teach these things. Preach these things. And then go out and implement it. And make it a society where I'll do unto you and I'd like you to do that unto me. And we can all live and be civil this way. You see, the church plays such a vital role in our everyday lives. Such a vital role in our everyday lives. It impacts everything. Listen now, there's, there's another aspect of the, the local church that I'm not sure that we see. Uh, here at New Hope, I owe all of you an apology because we do a bad job putting this information out. And for that, I apologize. But when you financially support the local church, you in turn support many wonderful organizations. And we've done a pretty poor job of putting that information out to you. And we would like to change that. And in a small way, I'm going to do that this morning, but maybe we can even change it in the future even further. But listen to me. When, when you give, and many of you give, and you're so generous and we're so thankful, but it not only feeds and waters the staff, but it also makes it so we can grow our ministry here at New Hope. And we've done so many wonderful projects around here. Rod has, Rod has been so instrumental to do so many projects. But the financing all comes from the people that believe and that come and that give to this ministry. We just did a walking trail and want to let everyone know we compacted it this week. So it's, it's nice and hard now. So if you want to come, I, my wife and I stopped past yesterday and neighbors were out walking on it. You know what? I'm okay with that. We're here for our community. It's the whole point. And we're going to continue to grow it. We're going to push as far as we can push until God says don't push anymore. But listen, it not only feeds and waters the staff, it, it maintains the ministry here at New Hope. It grows. We were able to buy wonderful streaming equipment and, and get a stream up and going. We're still doing that. We still continue to plan to do that. But beyond those things that are internal, it helps to support other organizations. Listen, there's an organization called Voice of the Martyrs. 
I don't know how many of you may or may not have heard of this organization. I know many of you probably has. They're a pretty popular, pretty large organization. But the Voice of the Martyrs serves the persecuted Christians around the world. They, they, they go and they find these war-torn areas where Christians are, have thrown acid thrown on them and have limbs cut off of them for having Bibles or for being Christians. Voice of the Martyrs runs into these places. Many times, if you get their subscription, they have to black out the people's faces because if they reveal who they are, their, their local authorities will come and kill these people. The voice of the martyrs. What, what I'm saying is, you say, well, why are you talking about voice of the martyrs today? Because when you come to this church and you plug into this church, it is you that are helping these persecuted Christians all around the world. You have a part in that. You are, you and I, we collectively are supporting persecuted Christians around the world. Another organization called Our Daily Bread, which New Hope supports all these organizations. Our Daily Bread, many of you know that. Many of you, you take the uh, little booklets that we have. We have some back there, and we, we try to keep up on those booklets. Usually they're quarterly, and they're daily devotionals. Listen, Our Daily Bread is an organization that helps people connect with God every day through devotionals. They put these devotionals out. Many of you will come to me if I don't put them out. Where's the devotionals? And it reminds me to put out the devotionals. And they're free. You guys take a handful of them. Take a stack. Take them till they're gone. But it's another wonderful organization that we support. Listen, this is a big one. Heartbeats is a local organization that offers physical and spiritual support for unplanned pregnancies. They combat abortions. Why am I telling you about this? Because when you come, you are in turn helping to support these organizations. You are, you and I, the church. That's our function. That's our role is to hold these organizations up, to supply them with what they need so that they can go out and implement the word of God, so that they can combat abortion. So they can help Christians who are persecuted and harmed all over the world. That's what you and I are doing this morning right now. I, I, it's hard to see, but that's what we're doing. Wonderful organizations. These are wonderful organizations that are supported by the churches and the business communities worldwide. What I'm saying is, it's getting hot in here. My glasses are fogging up. What I'm saying is, brothers and sisters, is if you go out to these wonderful organizations, Voice of the Martyrs, Our Daily Bread, the, the Heartbeats, and you could peel up their foundation, and you could look underneath their foundation, you would see churches all over the world holding them up. And New Hope, listen to me now, doesn't solely, we don't solely support Heartbeats, right? It's made up of the worldwide community of churches. Worldwide community. But, but New Hope at least has one little hand in there helping to hold them up. Brothers and sisters, I hope you can see that's our function. That's what we're doing here. I don't know if you can visualize it, but can you visualize all the churches and the, and the wonderful businesses too? There's wonderful businessmen and women that help to support these organizations worldwide and equip them with what they need to do. That is, that, that's one of our reasons for being here. It's one of our reasons for gathering. Why we gather as a church, as a ministry, is to support all these wonderful organizations. And I hope you can visualize it. The Salvation Army it is a ministry that offers all kinds of stuff. 
They offer homeless shelters, disaster relief, food pantries, alcohol and drug rehab. They actually offer a whole lot more things. But these are wonderful organizations that New Hope supports. That New Hope, who is New Hope? Well, Jason D and Pastor Joe. No, 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 no. We do. We, all of us, we support these organizations. Has nothing to do with any individual. It's us. Who is New Hope? We are a tiny slice, just a tiny little sample of the worldwide community of believers. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that at least New Hope has one little hand helping to support all these things. That's what the church is. That's why the church is so important in our society. Are you seeing the picture yet? Are you seeing that the church is greater than just some gathering that we come and we sing and we listen to what the preacher has to say and then we go home? It's bigger than that, much bigger than that. All of us collectively do it. And all of it can be traced back, keep following it back, following it back, following it back, and the foundational bedrock is that Jesus is the Son of the living God. That's the point of it all. That's the, that's the point of the whole thing. Another one, Christ's table. Christ's table, they feed the hungry children of God. Christ's table feeds our children, our, our people in our community that are less fortunate Listen, New Hope supports them. New Hope supports the global team outreach. Those are missionaries. New Hope speaks, uh, supports Barnabas International. What Barnabas International does is they are an organization that helps the missionaries to do, to, to supply the missionaries, to minister unto the missionaries so that they can continue doing what they're doing. Do you see that is what you're doing this morning? You're helping all these organizations to hold them all up. Compassion International. They release children from poverty in Jesus' name. We, are, we have one little hand supporting all these things. And I think it's wonderful. It's wonderful. The church is a wonderful design. If you dig underneath the foundation, that is what you'll see. You'll see all these wonderful churches and ministries all over the world holding these wonderful organizations up so that they can continue to feed. They can bring people in and do drug rehab. They can rehabilitate alcoholics. They can uh, give a shelter to a homeless person. Mm. New Hope's just a small part of it. Just a small part of it. Therefore, you are part of it. You are a part of it. You are. Church is much bigger than, than just going and singing and it's so much bigger than that listen you listen to me now you are helping to support a young pregnant girl that doesn't know what to do you are you and i are you are helping to feed the homeless and the hungry you are helping to give medical care to displaced christians around the world you are helping to get missionaries the supplies they need to continue the work you are i am we're doing that right now this morning we're growing our faith. We're being knit together. We support these teams on a monthly basis and we have for years. And there are other organizations we support as well. I'm not going to go over all of them, but there's so many times we families have had their homes burned down or families have had a death of a loved one or a child or something like that and we have financially supported them and helped them. You and I are doing that. Do you understand that? You and I are doing that. 
We don't see it. All we see is, well, I'll give the church some tithes or some offerings. We don't see that. So therefore, we don't see it coming to fruition. But that is what is happening. And you have to see it. Do you, do you see the, the role that the church plays? The church helps people. The church ministers to people. Not only internally, but externally. All the time, every day. And I just want you to know that you're a part of that. I'm a part of it. I'm proud to be a part of it. Do you, do you see how important the church is? Do you see it? Oh my goodness, it's so important. Listen to this. And I'm going to bring this to a close. If the band wants to begin to make their way back. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 says this. For as the body is one... Now stick close, this is a little confusing. It says, for as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Listen, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Listen, for the body is not one member but many. Brothers and sisters, you as an individual are a member of the one body of Christ that's worldwide. That's the same body that our brothers and sisters that are suffering in Korea, North Korea, the, the churches that meet in caves in China, that meet at 2 and 3 in the morning. They are our brothers and sisters. One body. Being many, there's many people but one body. Why? Because there's one head, Jesus Christ, one spirit. For the body is not one member. This whole thing is not about me. It's not about you. It is not about any individual. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, uh, brothers and sisters, I, I hope that you have a clearer picture of the New Testament church and its purpose, for it plays a powerful role in society. Now, I'll close with this, because I, I actually looked past this part, but it's actually pretty fantastic. One of my opening scriptures was when, when Jesus asked, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter made the response that he made. When Jesus says, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, we focused on that this morning. I didn't even focus on the part that says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You, you know, when I, when I visualize that, and that's Jesus that said that, I, I visualize these demonic, evil-looking gates of hell. And, and back behind those gates is, we read in our very opening text, Lucifer. Remember, he was cast down. He tried to overthrow God. He tried to be equal with God. He's cast down, and he hates God now. And he's still trying to overthrow God. Somewhere back behind those hellish gates... The entrance where things come in and go out of hell. Somewhere back behind there is Lucifer still conjuring up demonic devices. And I see him conjuring up these evil devices. And then these gates open up and the devil down there says, Go forth and do my bidding. Tear that church down. Tear that person down. Undo the work of God. Ruin someone's faith. Erode their foundation. Go forth. And he sends out these demons. But then we have Jesus says, Not my church. 
in the gates of hell anything when them gates open and that them evil forces come out and satanic devices come out and lucifer's ideas come out of them gates they will not prevail against the church of jesus i hope that you understand what the church is just by you coming today you supporting today you're helping to support all these wonderful things. And I hope that you understand and have a more clear picture of what the New Testament church is. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We love your church. Lord, I'm so glad to be a part of it, Lord. I'm so glad. I pray you protect your church, Lord. Keep your church. Keep your people. We know that the church, Lord, is not made up of any, just one individual. It's made up of many, and it's worldwide. And Lord, we're just a little slice of it. But Lord, we want to play our role. Lord, if our hand is a lot smaller, if our support is a lot smaller than a huge mega church, that's okay, Lord. We still want to support in some type of way, Lord. We want to support these wonderful frontline ministries and organizations, Lord. And God, we also want to take the, the concepts, the principles, the precepts found in the Bible, and we want to implement them in our lives and therefore implement them in our society. Lord, even the most basic rules like you taught, like the golden rule. We want to implement that and make this world, make this nation a better place, Lord. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's, let's worship one last song before we go, please. We can all stand.